Well, good evening. Good evening. For those of you I have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Taylor Burtons, and I am the new pastor serving at St. John's United Methodist Church. It's hard for me to fathom that I've already been here five months, uh, and that it has flown by as quickly as it has. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, now maybe a month ago, I received a phone call. Well, you're the new one on the block. In fact, you're the new kid on the block. So we would really appreciate it if you would preach this year for the Thanksgiving ecumenical north end of Stanton Thanksgiving service. And I was excited, and I'm still excited. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it's not just that I'm excited to be here as a pastor, but I count myself blessed to be in a community like Stanton that does something like this. Mm -hmm. I've never lived anywhere where numerous churches got together to do something like praise God and count ourselves blessed for the wonderful things we have to be thankful for. So with that thanksgiving, let us bow our heads in prayer. May the words in my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. After miraculously feeding 5,000 people, the crowd stayed on the other side of the sea. And though they had been properly fed by the word and the fish and the loaves, when they discovered that this miracle man was nowhere to be found, they had gotten their boats and they went on to the other side, to Capernaum. And when they finally caught up with him there, they called out, Teacher, from where did you come from? And he responded, Very truly, I tell you, you are all looking for me for the wrong reasons. You came here not looking for signs from heaven, but because I gave you enough to eat yesterday. Do not work for that food that spoils, but instead for the food that endures for eternal life, that which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God has set his seal. Okay, okay, miracle man. What do we have to do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them very simply, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Well, who do you think you are, Jesus of Nazareth? What sort of sign are you going to perform? Why should we be listening to you? How can you prove what you are saying to us? Sure, yesterday you fed all of us, but Moses did that. What is it that you've got? Why should we be listening to you and changing our ways away from him? <coughs> Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. Now, Jesus, that sounds pretty good. Give us that bread always. No, you don't get it. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. One of the great paradoxes of what it means to be Christian is that we already know the end of the story. And here we are, stuck right in the middle of it. Because we read from God's word in order to remember the mighty acts of God in the world, 
We are all well-versed on what happens in conclusion, and it becomes nearly impossible for us to imagine the depth of the reality in a scripture in and of itself. So try with me, if you can, to imagine yourselves there with Jesus. Yesterday, you were blown away by this nothing of a man as he made something out of nothing. As you stood in line with your stomach grumbling, you were given more fish and bread than you've ever seen in your life. Now, you were so hungry that you ate until you were full, just like all of us will do tomorrow. And the next day, when you woke up, this miracle man was gone. As your hunger started to creep back up, you agreed with those around you, we should go looking for this guy. So here you are, gathered together to hear him speak once again. And some of the people in the front challenged him about Moses' miracle in the wilderness. Somebody mentioned something about manna. But you just want him to give you some more food. So as Jesus begins to describe this true bread from heaven, the heaven that gives life to the world, your mouth begins to salivate. You imagine a glowing loaf of bread, cooked perfectly, warm and moist on the inside, perfectly crusted on the outside. You join the chorus around you. Give us some of that bread, Jesus. We want that always. And he shakes his head. I am that bread. I am the bread of life. For us, the temptation to jump ahead to the end of the story, it's almost too tough to bear. We hear bread of life and we think about Holy Communion. We hear bread of life and we think about that last supper he had with his disciples. We hear bread of life and we think about what we do, for some of us, the first Sunday every month. That's important. It's important to know the end of the story, but we're not there yet. Now I imagine that many that had gathered there that day with Jesus were very confused. What did he say? He said he's the bread of life? What in the world could that mean? Because they don't know the end of the story. They don't get it. The crowds that had witnessed the miracle the day before knew exactly what they wanted, but that's not what Jesus was offering. Today, too many of us give the impression that numbers and popularity and packed pews are all important and sufficient in themselves. Many churches are willing to accept people on any terms at all if only they will come in their doors. How interesting is it then that for Jesus, he would only accept the crowd on his terms and would not want them on any others. He was hurt and frustrated by the way they responded to him, that they were merely interested in his ability to provide an easing of material difficulties or to increase in their comforts. You came to me only for a chance of more loaves and more fish. Similarly, I think, I would claim that in our contemporary culture, people are hugely interested and hungry for the byproducts of Christianity, but are largely uninterested in Christianity itself. Crowds of folk are constantly looking for whatever they can get out of church and worship. They are primarily interested in the kind of faith that will give them bread and fish, bigger homes, shorter hours, better health, happier families. Today, Jesus Christ looks into the depths of our hearts and he triumphantly declares there are far better and more things within your reach than you have ever realized. This whole exchange begins with an accusation by Jesus addressing the crowds 
overwhelming desire and interest in full stomachs instead of the theological signs from heaven. Jesus proposes to give them enduring food and not like the kind they had consumed the day before. And then this exchange elicits a question from the crowd about the works of God, which Jesus reduces to one. The work of God, the work that you get to do in the world, is belief. That's it. Belief. So what is belief? What does belief mean to all of you? Is belief affirming that God simply exists? Or that God is part of the Trinity? Is belief about accepting the Bible as truth? Can we boil down our belief to something like the Apostles' Creed? In many churches, belief is just believing that God exists at all. But today, in this scripture, Jesus has a different definition of belief. Because the kind of belief in John 6 is all about changing your worldview. It's about having your world turned upside down. It's about a paradigm shift. It's about being transformed. What we believe shapes how we behave. Everything about what we do begins with belief. We believe in Jesus Christ and the things for which he stands, the way, the truth, and the life he teaches us, the God whom he reveals to us, the grace and the faith he came to offer us, the victory over death which he makes possible even for the least likely of us, the kingdom of God that he inaugurated for us. Okay, Jesus, you want us to believe. You want us to drop everything, to change our lives, pick up our own crosses and follow you, but why? For food? Moses already did that. He gave us manna in the wilderness. What can your belief offer to me? Moses was Moses, a mighty servant and a steward of the Lord. Yet what Moses gave to the wandering Israelites was not the bread from heaven. It is God the Father who gives you the bread from heaven, and that is being offered to you this day. What Moses provided, rather what God provided through Moses, was merely food. What Jesus offers is Almighty God. Tomorrow, millions upon millions upon millions of people will gather together with friends and family to celebrate the wonderful holiday of Thanksgiving. Crowds will develop at all the airports, the roads will be teeming with vehicles, and kitchens will be filled with individuals trying to concoct the perfect mashed potato, turkey, gravy, cranberry, stuffing combination of all time. Amen. My mom's just the best. <laughs> and after exchanging pleasant and cliche reflections on what we're most thankful for this year, most of us will partake to a ridiculous degree of the food before us. Mountains of mashed potatoes will be eroded with rivers of gravy. Quarries of cranberry salad will rival seas of stuffing. And perhaps what's most frightening is that within 24 hours, within 24 hours of sitting with the people you love most in your life, you will probably gather at a place like Best Buy with your fists clenched, ready to hit someone in the face because you're looking to find something to fill a void in your life. You want to purchase something just so that you can feel fulfilled in it. I can think of no greater paradox of a nation that gathers together around a table to say thank you, only to forget all of it the next day. We know exactly what we want, but that is not what Jesus is offering us. I like to think 
That as the church, we have matured from our fragile days of discipleship in the first century. I like to believe that because we know the end of the story, we are better prepared to heed Jesus' call to a life in the kingdom. I like to imagine that as modern people, we are ready to take up our crosses in brilliant fashion and follow Christ wherever he goes. But you know what? The truth of the matter is we are still stuck on that dark road. We are still crowded around Jesus looking for more bread and more fish. <clears throat> we struggle so desperately to find meaning in our lives through material possessions, through failed relationships, and vocational discernment. We hear the word of the Lord in Scripture, and then we quickly fall back into the shadow of our own lives. We thank God for our families, and then we bicker and fight as if they were not precious gifts in our lives. Just as he did that day in the crowd, Christ Jesus looks out to all of us this Thanksgiving season and offers us something greater than we could ever possibly imagine. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am the bread of life. I challenge you to look throughout your Bible and find something so equally simple and profound in summarizing the good news. Because this is the gospel of Jesus Christ at its very finest. How ample in its sweep, how generous in its description, and how impossible it is to evade. This, this is a passage that all of us can cling to in the darkest moments of our lives. With this one sentence, we can discover an everlasting hope that will endure through all things. I am the bread of life. Jesus Christ is as important to us as the very food we eat. No. Christ is more important to us than the food we eat. No amount of food or drink or any material thing will ever fill us in the way that Christ does. As it's through the bread of life that Christ offers, we receive strength to live out our faith, and we are sustained and nurtured and loved in all things. I am the bread of life. The triune God is an end to all the craving and the discontent in our lives. Because the bread of life roots our identities in the one from whom all blessings flow, the maker in whom we live and move and have our being. In a few moments, all of you gathered here will be invited to partake at Christ's table. Just like you will tomorrow gather with your families, tonight we gather as the body of Christ to partake of him in this meal. Just as Jesus stood before the crowd to proclaim his identity as the bread of life, Jesus once gathered with his best friends, breaking bread and sharing a cup one final time. And so, I wonder, what are you thankful for this year? How have you been trying to fill the voids in your life? Because if you want to be filled, if you want to find a sustenance if you're in your life, if you desire to have your life transformed, if you need to be made whole, if you want to find purpose and faithfulness in your life, if you desire to know God, if you hope to find peace in your lives, then all you have to do is come. Just come to Christ's table. Come and feast on the true bread from heaven. Believe in Jesus Christ and be filled by the Spirit. All you have to do is come. Out for the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.